Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world outside your window may not be so great, but hey, at least a planet isn't falling upon your head. So that means things are low-key great for you. It's the Low-Key Podcast on Everything is Super on Post Show Recaps, talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Lamentus. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, the sky, it's falling. Uh, yeah, uh, the sky is coming down, a moon is coming down, or was it, they were on the moon, the planet was coming down? They on the moon, Lamentus is the moon, Lamentus is the planet, Lamentus, yeah. Lamentus, uh, from the Marvel, uh, from Marvel Comics lore, I think that this was part of, uh, Annihilation. Oh uh, yeah, one of the uh, planets sure. that got destroyed during yeah. the, the, the wave. In 2007, yeah, Lamentus is a moon. Uh, it's on the on the edge of Cree space, Lamentus 1. Uh, so that's locating us here in Loki. Uh, pretty cool to like look up uh, pictures of Lamentus from the comics and in relation to uh, how it was depicted in the episode. Color schemes are really, really similar. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a fun. One. Also, uh, we thought it was like super neat that in episode two we were going into the future of twenty, like the twenty fifties, <laughs> and here we're in twenty seventy something. Yeah, twenty seventy seven. Uh, I guess we should expect uh, annihilation crossover come twenty seventy seven live action annihilation. <laughs> all right, here with this trajectory, Kevin. Really, if we don't do twenty ninety nine, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, there's a lot that I I. I'm still hoping the show does that they haven't done. That was yet. a run of Marvel Comics for those oh, who don't know. Yes. There's the 2099 stuff. <laughs> they did Spider Man 2099. They did a bunch of 2099 things. That'd be cool to see in uh, live action. Spider Man 2099, who had a uh, appearance at the end of Into the Spider Verse during the post credit scene that I made you watch that live I didn't know about. Yeah, when it was yeah. happening. That was good times. I have a big <laughs> question though. Like. Are we sure we we saw an episode of Loki? Because I'm pretty sure I saw more of an episode of Doctor Who uh, than I Who? did Loki, and even Who? Rick and Morty. I would say who's who's uh, Doctor Who? Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, a Doctor, Doctor Who guy, Who? so you have to ask the next <laughs> the ne- the next podcaster. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know about famously not a Doctor Who guy. Uh, I don't think that I get the chance often to be like, yeah, I haven't done it. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't done it's, it. It's good that it's coming out here now so people can be mad at you about it. I mean, we all yes. we all have our stuff, you know, I understand. Um and that's a, that's a, that's a what big one. What stuff do you have, Kevin? Not a, not much. You're uh, pretty close to perfect. There's one that I think is notorious and is is upsetting cuz it's not that I don't want to because I do. It's just, you know, I want to sit down and do it. Uh that is, of course, the leftovers, and it makes a lot of people upset. <laughs> I, I don't think. It, I don't think that's deeply upsetting. I think that's waiting for you, and yeah. it'll be great whenever you get it's there. Like, it's uh, like how it took me a while to get to the wire. When I got there, I was sure. very happy with it, uh, but it took me. Yes. It took me a little bit. But this episode is is Doctor Who. In I the appreciate sense that of, we're. 
I appreciate we're bringing up HBO stuff because I was going to say that like there's been like the true detective thing between Loki and Mobius last week, and then you had the week, one maybe shot it's a this little, week, right? I was just going to say <laughs> that like this is sort of like True Detective uh, season one. I know that Children of Men seems to be the reference point for this, uh, but in terms of television in recent years, True Detective season one like blew the door off uh, midway through with this uh, legendary uh, one yeah. uh that like tons of TV shows afterwards did. So I guess it was about time that Marvel like really did their one on television. Uh, they, technically they did, right? Because Daredevil with season three actually had a, oh, a, sure. a one-er um, where, where he was escaping. And then there's Battle of New York yeah, and Avengers. Which is there's, a great, a great, 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 great example of, of but, that. These are obviously like, you know, these are scenes where uh, it's not actually one take. It's it's presented to look like that. Are you Sorry sure? To break, I'm pretty sure the, also the with 1917, Christopher Nolan just, just rolled a camera and uh, was that Nolan? Uh, no, I don't think it was. Uh, no, you're thinking that's Dunkirk. It's Dunkirk, but uh, 1917, is I believe, is Nolan. a one shot. So yeah. you're telling me that the director yeah, the whole just way followed, <laughs> just kept rolling camera. It's not. It's not my favorite thing because I do feel like now it has been sort of it's like beaten so to death. Overdone. Josh, I'm so glad you said it because I didn't want to be the guy, right? Because I'm always the guy who has to like. I know. I'll be the guy on this one. <laughs> now, like you know, I love what they were aiming for, and I think it helped the tension. But I also like kind of felt like they didn't like get very far, and you know that the thing's going to launch in five minutes, and they really don't get far. I feel so like some they of the ended tension up where was, they started. It was like they were yeah, in the, the tension circle. was sort of robbed for me because like they're not going to make it there, but they're also not gonna die it's episode three so i'm not entirely sure what i should be feeling intense about like there's gonna be some measure of deus ex machina on the way whether it's in this episode or now it would seem next week um i thought i i I, in uh the parlance of uh our dear friends over at rob has a podcast i will say cute not hot is kind of how i felt about the oneer at the end of this week's look which i really enjoyed the episode i definitely did i think like there's um it, it I, I needed to like sit with it for a little bit because there is like sort of the knee jerk reaction of like what happened this week. You know, I think like character it feels like compared mostly, to, I guess, yeah, sort but, of, but, like, that's, not even full character stuff because we didn't get a lot. Yeah, but you get a lot of personality and I think you do get a lot of um, relationship building, which is interesting because it's, you know, uh, it it is again sort of this journey of like self acceptance. I mean, Loki uh, was but, definitely flirting with himself uh, in this episode. It was cool, you know. Like I think that like if this is uh, this is a love story, the 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 story of like learning how to love yourself is a very valid and frankly deeply yeah. important story. Um, and so for uh, the MCU to like be like. I don't know. We, we've got three episodes left. We have no idea where this is going. But like, it, fe- it felt like that, like some measure of like learning how to look at yourself in the mirror and like being comfortable with what you see. Um, felt like that was a big piece of what was going on with Loki this week. Last week, Kevin, we talked about how like I'm excited to see Sylvie as a character yes. uh, to see like what does that actually look like. And so now we've got that. I think she's great. Um, I think that her interactions with uh, the variant Loki are are really, really, really fun. Well, the train is she the variant or is she the variant? Which one's the variant? Don't call her that. <laughs> Don't call her that. She's Sylvie. 
Uh, but yeah, I think I thought that like a lot of their conversations were great. There were a lot of like really funny beats. Uh, the two of them both failing uh, and like getting shot by the the person who stayed behind uh, because Loki fails at pretending yes. to be Patrice. Um, uh, the the song that Loki sings, the the conversation about princes and princesses. That was, that uh, was great. I'm glad that like that happened and that like confirmation happened. Canonizing yes. Loki as bisexual. Uh, there had already been you see in his file uh at one point that under sex it's labeled as fluid um so like they're they're going there with loki which i know uh, for many it's like uh like a little late marvel but i was i was happy to see it um and i thought that the conversation was really really touching between the two of them and and like framing it in this idea of like the journey towards like being like comfortable with yourself uh through a character who we're being told in this first episode of the series, like all you do is like make people hurt. Uh, like I, I think like they're finding really compelling ways to make this sort of anti-hero story work pretty well. I think this, this Loki, uh, this version of Loki has proven to me through three episodes to be uh, a character definitely worthy of, of examination. I've, I've been pretty hyped about it. Yeah. And I think all that stuff worked really well in the episode. I think that, you know, the, the interplay between the two of them, it's it's so weird because it's not quite looking at yourself in the mirror here, right? Like it's looking at a version of yourself in a mirror, which to an extent can be more valuable than looking at yourself because it's the self that you could have become a different version of you. And like, you know, how does that affect how you feel about yourself? I think there's a lot of depth in there. I think there's a lot you can like really delve into. I think the part for me that does bump in this episode is kind of like what I was saying. Like it is... So like how you said like cute but not hot with the with one take because we've seen so ma- so many one takes already like it's been done for me it, it, like I said this is very quintessential Doctor Who episode like you end they end up on this planet the planet's gonna end they take a train to the last place out there's people that need you know that are gonna die in Doctor Who they would try and save all the people as much as they can there's a lot of there that follows the beat but even to rick and morty there that's that this is rick and morty beats they go into a weird planet there's a MacGuffin they have to do they interact with the locals who can be kind of weird sometimes like there are beats here that i think are quintessential sci-fi that they follow beat for beat and for me it was cool to see i think the visuals were fun but it didn't feel like spectacular for that reason because it's like oh yes i've been here a few times before that said, yeah, sure. the emotional stuff worked, right? Like, I think that's where this this episode sells. Um, it, it's the shortest episode we've had so far. And I think the length made sense, uh, I think, for what they were doing. Uh, it's a weird placement for an episode, in my opinion, just because, like you said, it's like this is the halfway point, And we're still kind of unsure about where we're going. Um to some extent, um, I think that this this episode definitely moved a few needles. Uh, one, very importantly, the idea of the people who are staffing the TVA or variants themselves. Also, very which, bad at their job. I, I just, if you're going to be staffed yeah. at at this like maximum, you know, pa- like su- supremely powerful organization, and you've been there for hundreds of years, possibly, you think your training would be pretty good. But boy, oh boy, <laughs> do those soldiers just get beaten down in the TVA early in this episode so easily. Every mm-hmm. single one of them in every episode. Sure, they do. <laughs> they do. They do. They get their butts kicked. But like, they're just like regular people who've been plucked from the time stream because they're not part of the sacred time stream. So what are you going to do, Kevin? Um, what I will say is like, I feel like, um, you know, 
a, the quality of an episode has to speak for itself. Like that has to come above all else. But I think that the quality of this episode was really strong. Ultimately, uh, certainly stronger than than it wasn't. Um, you know, there's there's some really really great moments in here. Uh, among the ones that we've already mentioned, the Asgardian drinking song and like the mournful quality of that the smashing just, of like, another like another yeah. Like I think that there was just there was a lot of like uh, great like stop down stuff, but to like frame it as kind of like Rick and Morty adjacent that I can, I can, I can speak to more so than Dr. Who, but like, I think it's, it's tough because as we've talked about Marvel shows, um, you know, with the Marvel Netflix shows for sure, but now especially that we're talking about stuff that's for sure existing in the MCU. That's part of like this fabric that Kevin Feige and friends are stitching together. That, uh, every episode like has to like like it's all like tethering together like there's no room for the standalone kind of deal and this wasn't a standalone but this felt more like an episode of television um, and I want these shows to be able to do this and I want us as people watching and consuming these shows not just you and me but all of us like who are who are engaging this stuff i want us to feel comfortable when the shows just do this and that it's not just like a slender slight whatever but that this is actually what tv often can do and should be doing is just spending time with your characters and doing that efficiently efficiently and excellently um and whether this was like excellent you know grade your quality level wherever you want but i think that the that the show was doing this at all i'm happy about and i hope that we see more of this type of episode in the disney plus marvel shows moving forward i don't think that every single thing has to be about um like uh largely building towards the point i think things can like walk there doesn't always have to be a sprint this was like a walking episode and i liked the speed well yeah i mean like to an extent this was a bottle episode except the bottle was planet right like this is equivalent to the fly in breaking bad it's equivalent to the the missing pen episode in community which is something you may or may not have gotten to um but like it it is bottle-esque in that way because it is a stop down and a focus on the characters in, in an environment it's just in this particular case the environment is an apocalypse um and i think it does work right like it's probably for me the weakest episode of 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 this season so far but it doesn't mean that I, I agree with you. I think these episodes are important. I love character episodes like this. I love the stop downs. I love the moments where characters are just there talking. My favorite episode of Daredevil season one and possibly of uh, most of the Marvel Netflix stuff is uh, that episode, you know, uh, Nelson V. Murdoch, which is literally just Foggy and Matt in his apartment. Avocados at law. Yeah, talking. Like, that episode is powerful and amazing. The character work, like, is so good. I think that's one of the best examples of what we saw here. Um, and this is still a good example of, of, of what you're talking about. And I do think it's interesting. I, I think, I think it's weird because it, even though it was a walk, I think you're right. They're still walking to something. This episode still felt, uh, serialized, right? Like, it's part of the overarching story. I think episodic is something we haven't really seen from the Marvel shows yet. And we may not, probably, what if might be the only one, but who knows at this point. Um, like, each of these things feel like a, a complete story they're trying to tell. Um, and the success of that, I think, is going to vary from person to person. Like I said, I 
personally was hoping for more episodic. I was personally hoping for more interactions with timelines, right? Like, because we've gone through time, but the stuff we've seen hasn't been stuff that really ties into the grander scheme of of the Marvel Universe. And that's fine. Like, I would love to go to 2099, but like, part of me is like, I don't think they're going to do it. Because I don't think, I don't know, the more the Marvel shows go on, the less inclined I am to believe that they are doing, or they're going to do what I was hoping, which is really play a part in the grander scheme of the MCU. And that's fine. That's more of a come to terms thing. I'm not upset about it. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is trash or whatever. But it is something I think I have to kind of like really just accept and come to terms with that. And like, I think to an extent, a lot of the audience will as well, because, you know, I think there are people who who are hoping this plays a bigger role. We we saw what is possibly the destruction of the timeline last episode, but we haven't picked up from that yet. And maybe we still will. But the way that this show, these shows have worked, they're so like localized in a way to the characters that we don't localized, localized that we don't see the bigger picture. And I think that's interesting but i'm curious to see how it ultimately will play out i think um in terms of episode structure because remember last week we're talking about how like wow it's crazy wow. they detonate all those time but wow that they threw all those time bumps that's amazing uh into the thing uh like at the end of episode two it's like oh oh my god uh like where are we gonna go from here it makes some sense actually that we're a little bit derailed and we can't check in on that stuff because like immediately following back through on that stuff means like the end of the show. So like now the show has to be less about sacred timeline and maybe a little bit more about uh, sacred Loki, like self discovery type uh, stuff. Um, where I feel like getting back into like the 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 hunt of the TVA is probably what's going to start guiding us towards the ending. And I expect that we resume that path in a in a meaningful way as soon as next week um though i also wouldn't be surprised if we're not like having like a huge reveal um until the penultimate for example like your agatha all long moment um i could see being reserved for like an episode five um i think it makes some sense that like um whatever like sort of like a shoe that needs to drop we needed to go to a place like lamentus to deal with Loki, uh, because what Sylvie has done uh, is going to be so monumental that we uh, we will like basically hit the end of the show if we just like go straight into it next. It's it, yes, and for me, the other thing too that you brought up Sylvie and like what Sylvie has done, and that's also really interesting because for a lot of the character stuff, and Loki is the main character, so it's really focused on him and his journey. We still don't know a lot about Sylvie, right? Like we we know bits and pieces. We know she's a variant. We know she's been on the run. We know she's taught herself a lot of magic, um, but we don't know much beyond that, um, which is interesting. And I honestly, again, don't know how much we're gonna get, like. Is this a version? They kept talking about parents, 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 but they never said Odin. They never said Freya. So does that mean that Sylvie has different parents? Is Sylvie not associated with Thor? Um, There's a lot of questions, I think, that tie to that character that we don't know yet. And technically, we don't have to know because all we need to know is really what their uh, goal is. And we kind of got that. Um, But it's interesting in terms of like that contrast where we're getting, like I said, the look in the mirror. but how much are we really getting from that perspective of what we're seeing for the contrast in the characters? There's certainly similarities, but the differences are almost partially aesthetic as instead of being like really 
part of their fundamental like what changed them um in what way do you do you mean that they're aesthetic like you mean they're really like surface changes you don't you don't like sense a lot of like deep meaningful differences between the two characters not enough i think that there are deep i think there are meaningful differences right but i do think it is very surface to to an extent um i want a little bit more uh to under like to understand but to see that difference between them like if we have a sylvie who's trying to destroy the timekeepers and and bring down the sacred timeline is it really that different from a loki who's trying to you know to conquer earth and in, in name of thanos to probably take it over afterwards right. so right it, where where the those those deeper differences lie i think are important i think when you see contrast between characters especially w- doing multiversal stories is to show like what parts of those characters are influenced by their environment, what parts are who they are. Uh, I think that's really important. Like famously one of the most well-known and popular Superman multiverse stories is Superman Red Sun, in which instead of landing in Kansas, Superman landed in Soviet Russia. Um, and how did that influence who he was? But a key part of that is that at his heart, Superman was still Superman, even though he grew up in this other world, so much of like how he views the world and how he seeks to, you know, uh, embody something still carry through. Those are types of contrasts I think are interesting. Those are the type of things that really show character in the, in a multiversal story. Um, we're not quite getting that here. And again, I think that's fine. I, I think it's just a different way of doing stuff, but I do wish we had just a tad more of that. And we still what might, right? Halfway. We still got three episodes to go. Well, that's the thing. And I think, you know, in our conversation about Sylvie and our conversation about the TVA, I think really can and probably should to some extent at least go hand in hand. Because this episode, we we find out that um, it's variants who are staffing the TVA when we had previously been uh, led to believe that like the TVA has always been here and that like no one knows anything other than the TVA. Um, and so clearly not everything is as it seems over there, which is, you know, kind of like a duh. Um, but like the question is like, is the time variance authority... Are they the bad guys? Uh, or is there some sort the of nefarious... <laughs> yeah, is there some sort of, like, nefarious agent behind it? I think, like, there's a lot of theorizing about, uh, thankfully, not Mephisto, but someone we know who is coming to the MCU at some point relatively soon, Kang the Conqueror, uh, who is, like, a time-spanning Marvel villain who's going to be um, introduced, I think, if not introduced, he's at least uh, said to be appearing in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, played by Jonathan Majors. Um, could he be showing up as soon as Loki? I think that these are questions that have been on the board for a while, remain on the board. Um, but if if the deal is, is that the TVA is not great and the sacred timeline thing is kind of nonsense uh, to begin with, is it possible that, like, Sylvie herself, like, you know, comparing, like, what she's trying to do to Loki trying to conquer Earth because he's petulant and feels like he's worthy of godliness, is that, is, is, are we, are we missing something, right? Like, is there the, is there the possibility that what Sylvie is going for is nobler and that, like, like what Sylvie is going for is more like, you don't get to tell me I don't get to exist. Like, is it stuff like that? Because, like, then I'm really on board with her as a character with almost, uh, you know, few to no uh, qualifications. But we don't know. It's still really, really early. But I think this question of, like, 
who could Loki be in another world? I think that there are definitely ways that the Sylvie character, as she currently exists, and depending on where they take her in the direction of the story overall and the mythology of the TVA, I think that there's definitely room to still um, play with that idea of like, no, this is a pretty different character. Yeah, and I do think they'll expand on that. I actually really like your notion of like, looking at Sylvie, what she's trying to do, and is it more honorable and is it more noble because of what we're discovering about the TVA? And I think even before that, the answer could be an easy yes. And I think that would be great. And I'm not saying they're not going to. I think they easily can delve into it. Because if you really delve down, you know, like, consider it from what we know so far, I think Sylvie and what she's doing with the TVA is a wonderful contrast uh, to what Loki did in Avengers, right? The first Avengers. This is a version of Loki that we started with, right? The one that's fresh out of Avengers. This is a Loki that, you know, wanted to take free will away from the people. This is a whole thing that he was there having to kneel before him. I will, you know, free you of freedom, basically. That was what he was trying to do. And you contrast out what Sylvie's trying to do. We don't know why. We don't know the motivations. But what she's trying to do is eradicate this idea of a sacred timeline, which, in essence, has eradicated the idea of free will. So you have Sylvie's motivations being a complete opposite to the Loki that we know. Uh, what she's trying to accomplish goes against everything that the Loki that we know is trying to do. So that, I think, is interesting. And that's just me reading into this stuff, right? Like, they haven't obviously confirmed it. You can read into it as possible subtext right now. Um, and that's what it will remain until they really just, you know, dive into it deeper in the show. But I think that is a wonderful way of doing something like this. I think that's a wonderful contrast of how you can show like how a character can change and like what can affect them and what state stays and remains the same is through something like this. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the possibilities there. Uh, I, it really was my biggest question last week, Kevin is like, all right, cool. Here's the character. I want to know more about her. I hope that like, it's not just a reveal and then like, oh no, the character's not so great. Um, I think the character's really good. She's very enchanting, uh, one might say. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so they do, they do bring that up. Uh, they, they do bring up, uh, so Sophia DiMartino, who's playing her, she's playing Sylvie. Um, she is, you know, a variant of Loki. She is, she is a Loki, but she is obviously also, uh, she is uh, a riff at least on Enchantress in the comics. Is there a world? Kevin, where she's not a Loki at all and she's just Enchantress, or do you think that the, the MCU's answer to Enchantress is, yeah, no, we're fusing these characters together? I think that very well could be the MCU's answer and I'm fine with it. I think that that that's okay, right? Like, you have... That's my preference at yes, this point, for sure. Uh, I, yeah. I think so, and I like that idea better. I like the idea of, of, a, of a variant Loki that that is Enchantress and, like, how their powers are somewhat tied together. It would be, I mean, can they make a reveal where, you know, again, at the end, it's like, I'm not Loki at all. I mean, I couldn't pause it in enough time when Loki got, or Loki, when Sylvie got really mad and like exploded for a moment. And I was just like, did she turn blue? What color did she turn? Because that, that could affect it if she isn't, you know, um, if she isn't a frost giant, basically. Uh, that means that maybe this is different parentage, even to that far. So technically, is that really a Loki? So I do think there's a lot of questions there and a reveal could happen. To an extent, why would Sylvie keep it a secret at this point? That would be the part I would question. So that's the part that if it is a reveal that's coming later, it's it's a withheld thing for the audience yeah. and not in terms of story. And I never like that. Well, there is a reason to withhold it from Loki, I think, is if like Loki um 
is just assuming that they're the same person, then an edge that Sylvie has is that Loki is looking into is like trying to feel something much deeper here than there is like uh, depth to be explored. You know I what guess, I mean? Then like, why have the like don't call me that? Like, why not lean into it more then? Because it is it, 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 it's it's weird to, sure. to like end up where where Sylvie is saying everything that she's like the, done. That's like the that's like the fan baiting stuff, right, I guess. Right. It's Which, like, well, uh, then when you go back and you look, she said, don't call me that. She was being honest. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the type of know, stuff that is just like, I don't like fan I, baiting. Yeah. You know that. Like, look what happened I in the vision. No, I know. And and I hope it's not that. Uh, I just think that it's it's on the table. But uh, I, I hope it's not that. Uh, certainly would be my preference that it's that it's not that. Um, it's, it's the side that's on the table, but no one's going to eat that side. No one wants to take a bite of the of the candied i don't know i don't know what thanksgiving food like what's a bad thanksgiving food i don't know a candy thing i'm probably gonna eat it uh i'm probably gonna eat it um this is uh some feedback that we received from the great jim fells jim wrote in and said i'm really liking this show so far but this episode did make me realize that Owen Wilson is probably the thing I enjoy the most and never thought I would utter those words. Kevin, were you missing Mobius oh, this week? Oh, 100%. Like, I, yeah, I, me too. I was going to say, I think the one thing about this episode is that as much as I like the character stuff with Loki, like, Owen Wilson's really good and it's awesome seeing Owen Wilson. So, like, it's kind of weird, by the way, the feedback that you never thought you uttered those words because, like, come on, man. Owen Wilson's awesome. Owen Wilson's great. Yeah. He's so great um so uh yeah i i missed him i missed mobius a lot in this one i was kept hoping he would like as they're running and as the explosion happened he would just like ride in from a get jet ski like just like that's where it would be is you just coming on a jet ski to rescue them uh would be really fun but sadly did not happen um i do think that this idea like when he comes to find out that like there is another owen wilson which by the way this episode all but promises that we get to meet another Owen Wilson, right? Like if if Mobius is a variant, the only of, difference is one of them doesn't have a mustache. Like I want to see so many different Owen Wilsons, <laughs> just wanna... different styles of mustache, even better. <laughs> like I don't each even, like, one just has a different mustache styling. That's fine, but I want to see like Hansel so hot right now. Like <laughs> I want like. Like, I want them to, like, really go for it. Like, that's an opportunity that they have here with all the different Mobiuses that could be in existence. Um, that's the part think- that they haven't played with enough that I will say, like, you know, from just a general statement I'm disappointed about is that not playing with the multiple versions as much as I would hope for a show like this. Um, yeah. So, and I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's lots of reasons that they have for why they made the decision. I probably wouldn't agree with them, but that's fine. Um, again, this, this isn't, this isn't one of those things where I'm just like, I don't like this show because of this. It's one of those things where I was just like, I really like the show. I would have loved X, but I didn't get X, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, I just, I do miss him. I do miss him. I don't want to go to the very just Luke Wilson. Um, yes. Please. <laughs> That would be so funny. You know they it have a third brother, like, by the way. So just bring know, him yeah. in as well. Filmmaker, I believe. Also, uh, yeah, he, he made a movie, I think it's called Time Cave, on uh on Netflix. I think it might still be on there. It really I had no idea that there was a third brother. Literally the movie started, he started talking, and I was just like, Is this a third Wilson brother? And I looked it, it up be. and it one hundred percent was. <laughs> it could be. Um 
This is from the legendary Brendan Fitzpatrick. He says, of course, the TVA workers are variants who don't know their variants. It makes so much sense. This whole thing is going to blow up by the end of the show. Uh, could it explain Owen Wilson's inexplicable love of jet skis? His sacred timeline self loves jet skis, but this variant self, did he die on a jet ski? That's Fitz's, that's Fitz's theory. Uh, I love uh, that theory that he was never supposed to die on a jet ski, so <laughs> they had I to erase not. him from existence. I hope not. Um, Digging more into feedback. So thrilled to hear from my friend LaRue. LaRue writes in and says, the fact that the rest of the people working at the TVA are all brainwashed variants, does it change the way that you look at Mobius as a character? Um, does it make you think that he's being set up as the new Coulson for the uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I don't know if he's being set up as the new Coulson necessarily. Um and it doesn't, for me, it doesn't change him as a character that much because I, I think everyone assumed there was more to the TVA and to his backstory just from the little pieces we got. Um, they really played yeah. emphasis. So I think that it doesn't really change how we feel about him uh, because how I feel about him is that I want more Mobius. And at no point... <laughs> Mobius. Uh, has that, <laughs> Mobius. I want more Morbius. Uh, oh, no, wait, I don't want Morbius. I don't want that at all. Uh, um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that hasn't changed at all. Uh, my, my, my level of wanting more Mobius is still there. Um, from Riley, Riley thinks that the TVA, the timekeepers, definitely the villains of the show. Uh, he says, I wonder if Loki and Enchantress are going to start a revolution in the TVA to take down the timekeepers. Um, what do you think? Like, is there like, so Sylvie seems to be like all about like, let me like punch, kick, fight my way, bomb my way through the TVA. Um, will we, if the two of them are to team up, is there going to be the more cerebral plan in play at some point in time as we're pushing forward? Uh, I hope so. I hope that it doesn't fully... Like, Loki is a trickster character. He is a god of mischief. It'd be really odd in this particular case especially. I know notoriously this is how it always goes, but it'd be real weird if this just ended in a very, you know, action-packed punch throwdown right for loki so i hope there's more of a cerebral take here i mean it's never it's never the best stuff um the loki fight scenes uh in the mcu i think are like by and large all letdowns uh, when he's not being treated as like uh, a rag doll effectively <laughs> whether it's by hulk or get help uh like that type of stuff uh, like when there's like him like lunging at Thor with scepter in hand, like I just like I'm never really feeling it. I know this was something we talked about last week with the fight scene between Loki and uh, the enchanted versions of Sylvie. Um, and like, I think I liked the idea as far as it was showing off the power set, but I feel the point of like, this stuff just doesn't hit as well. But Sylvie does seem to be like a punchy character. Uh, like she, you know, tries to like kick the door down in this one place in order to get the, uh, the, the energy for, uh, for what, what are they calling these things now? Like the timestamps, uh, the, the remotes, whatever those things are called, like the little hubs, uh, that she was uh, going to kick the door down so that she could charge that thing back up. Um, it makes me wonder, yeah. though, right? Like, let's let's consider that if if we have. But our Loki is a bit punchy. He he definitely punched and kicked a lot of people uh, in this episode. He kicked someone out a window, in fact, of the train. But 
if you if we consider Sylvie is a very very punchy character, we also can consider Sylvie mentioned that she's been on the run for most of her life, right? So I wonder again, like where does this go back to? Where does it trace back to? And this is nonsense theorizing, so I don't expect it to be true. But if you really want to get like weird, um, which you know, let's get weird. Um, what if because time doesn't work normally? Time is weird. What if the person we saw in the church, which we joked about, like, maybe that's a Loki variant, maybe that's Kid Loki. What if that was Kid Sylvie? Kid Sylvie, who saw what happened in this church, should have been erased from existence by Owen Wilson, and Owen Wilson didn't erase Sylvie. Sylvie escapes. The rest of the TVA is now hunting down this variant that Owen Wilson accidentally let go, who is now grown up because it's been chased all their lives. And is now trying to take down TVA. Literally, in a way, creating, you know, TVA creating its own monster. I think that's an interesting thing. And it it could be a possibility. Time is weird that way. Like, this is a weird time stuff that I feel like it'd be really cool to play with. Because letting that variant go totally fits within the idea of, like, timelines and how things can work wonkily in terms of, like, time travel. So it would be weird. It would be interesting. And I would love to see that because that could also explain like why this Sylvie is so punchy kicky because since that age, they've been on the run. They've had to fight. They've had to learn how to like, you know, combat the TVA. So I think that could be an interesting path in order to explain that. Or it's a Marvel show. Everybody knows how to punch and kick. Or that, you know, Occam's Razor. <laughs> yeah, sure. That is the simplest explanation. If you're in Marvel, you can just fight your way out of basically anything yeah it's like how in certain movies everybody just knows the dance choreography somehow Hmm. yeah but that's like sort of just like the principle of like a dance uh film yes. or a musical <laughs> step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is uh, once again from LaRue. LaRue says, seeing that the planet Lamentus in the comic books is on the edge of Cree space, do you think they might pop into the next episode or maybe even help set up Secret Invasion? Um were you i guess like to kind of like riff on that a little bit kevin like were you at all surprised that we didn't leave lamentus in this episode that like this is where we still are in the story of the show because like i think like the opportunity to like set up some kree stuff uh for secret invasion definitely exists given where we are but it wouldn't have really existed um other than what we got in this episode 
if like some sort of like did they get like you know zapped out like did somebody like beam them out star trek style like the fact that that didn't happen i do think was a surprise for me that it ends it's just sort of like this apocalyptic note it did end in an interesting way it ends with failure right which i think is an interesting ending for you know a character centric episode because i think that does influence character um in terms of like decree stuff though i really don't think so and i honestly would find it super weird if they if they did at this point because they don't reference decree you'd have to know just from being able to pick that up from knowing lamentus from the comics and the Cree stuff is so unique and 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 almost like not disconnected but like separate from like what's happening here that it'd be weird to bring that part in um because like not everyone who watches this who has watched all of the marvel movies but you can make assumptions that maybe if someone's watching this they've definitely seen at very at the very least the loki stuff so that stuff never really touched on the Kree and Skrull stuff. So to have that here now would be a little bit odd, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of other stuff that I would way, way, way rather have them touch on that would make sense and set up versus bringing in the Kree and Secret Invasion stuff, especially since this is 2077 and the Secret Invasion stuff probably not happening in 2077. Uh, unless Nick Fury uh, is really, you know, secretly immortal. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty sweet, though. <laughs> it's a series <laughs> a of life Nick model Fury? decoys that never end. Yeah, make me feel better about that. You know, like, I just want to make sure that Nick Fury is able to... Well, look, we're we're hopping through time. We're traveling through time. Uh, you know, who knows who gets stranded at what point <laughs> in the future, Kevin? It's been known to happen from time to time. I see, I see what's happening here. Every once in a while. <laughs> you just choose to stay. Uh... There was a fun Easter egg in this one. Um, so the two like guards that uh, that Loki and Sylvie like have to like bypass in order to get on the train, yes. uh, I believe, are credited as Corporal Hicks and Private Hudson. Get out! Get out! Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I can assume Aliens which one's. Reference. I can assume which one's Hudson. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was uh, this was pretty cool uh, when I saw that kicking around online today. Um, yeah, I think that Hudson's the one who let him on, of course, or who got who got fooled anyway. Um, yeah, that that made me pretty happy. Yeah, that's that a that's happy. a reference Taylor made for the two of us, uh, as we are both huge Aliens fan. But you are uh, even more of an Aliens fan as it is one of your favorite films of all time. Love Aliens. I'm a big fan of aliens huge fan of the film <laughs> um this is us while we're ta- we were talking before about uh or alluding at least to something that happened in a dungeons and dragons session that kevin and i played once upon a time i loved this from ryan ryan said a lot of this episode reminded me of playing dungeons and dragons especially when they're sneaking onto the train <laughs> with each of them casting different spells and arguing over who's plan to go with um yeah, to the point that like Loki has like the fireworks feels like uh like uh like a warlock cantrip. Uh, yeah, just uh, a distract. <laughs> or just like a like like a bardic like uh minor illusion. I, I think yeah. that definitely works especially when he was in the previous episode talking about the difference between his spells. Uh feels very like D&D style like nerdery. Uh the only big difference I would say is that if it was like D&D, they would spend an hour talking about what their plan is before enacting it mm-hmm. and failing completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that happened uh, <laughs> off screen. It's possible that it happened off screen. Um, the 
this is uh, from from David. David had written in and said, the existence of the sacred timeline doesn't mean that free will doesn't exist. If you put a gun to my head and tell me that you'll shoot me unless I comply, I still have the choice to choose death or if I'm capable to resist. The existence of variance proves the existence of free will, which is why the revelation that TVA agents are former variants is so interesting. They're the ones holding the gun, but they have no choice in the matter at all. The members of the agency have had their agency robbed from them. Uh, David continues and says, I'm glad. Up until now, I was only invested in the show because of the character moments. I didn't care about catching Sylvie or protecting the sacred timeline. But now it's looking like Mobius might be an innocent victim in need of rescue. And those are some stakes I can get behind. Either Mobius is going to get his freedom and ride a jet ski, <laughs> or he's going to be revealed to have been a villain the entire time. They've done such a good job of making him a likable character that either resolution would be a satisfying one. Uh, David says, I was going to watch the entire show regardless, but now I'm finally excited to see what happens next yeah i mean yes i i don't know i i was i was invested enough in the story because like you know i i, I also like murder mysteries so i was like into that as well it's it's really weird this does tie in a strange way back to doctor who because like i love the world ending episodes of doctor who i love the big stakes that you know this this means the end of the world but i also like smaller stakes i like personal stakes i like sometimes where it's a little more minor not everything can be the end of the world always and i think i was okay with that here that said obviously i think this plays really really well especially the again the free will stuff right because now you're combating the idea of having free will robbed away um and i think that's really interesting and that's really cool it seems like free will really plays a huge part in this story so far thematically and i would love to see it tied into like whatever that is at the end that decision like you said shouldn't be a fight i think it needs to be something that is more like about uh dialogue or choice more than it is about like just a fight that's happening and i think that's the best outcome and i hope that's the direction they go but again it's hard to say right marvel show just somebody's gonna punch somebody in that last episode inevitably someone's getting punched um so the there's a theory that's kicking around uh, a couple people addressed this um aiden wrote in said there's two options i see uh the tva will show up to rescue them or this was all an enchantment fabricated by Sylvie to trick Loki. Um, Sean continues and says, my theory is that when Sylvie first tried to enchant Loki and failed, she actually succeeded. Everything that follows is an enchantment that she had designed to pry out information from Loki to serve whatever her true intentions are. The reason I think this is because of the focus on the first scenes where we see Sylvie's enchantment powers in real detail without it having much consequence to the plot. Then there's a constant reference to how strong Loki's mind was, which is exactly how you'd want him to feel to feed his ego and believe what's happening around him. The same can be said about the constant references to him needing rest, which would make it less of a battle for Sylvie to invade his mind. Do you think, Kevin, that there's a world in which everything that we saw in this episode, or the majority of what we saw in this episode, was it was all in his head the whole time? It wasn't real. Uh, is there a world? I think yes. Would I like that world? Me personally, I actually do think yes. Uh, I think a lot of people would be upset about it. Um, uh, because you know, I I think that's another thing that unfortunately has been quote unquote overdone, like the one shot. But I think it would be interesting and would be cool if this entire thing, this entire journey that Loki was having, uh, was a fake out, right? Like was uh an illusion in his head that he has also been. Enchanted. And when he realizes that, though, he still 
experience these memories, it still happened to him mentally. So how does that affect him when he comes free of the illusion, when he breaks free, when he gets out? I think that does create a lot of interesting character stuff. And that also really puts Sylvie in a dangerous new light. Because uh, right now, Sylvie was essentially like buddy copping slash prisoner of Loki slash just working together with him. And the threat of is Sylvie the villain, sort of in this moment she is but wasn't there. So uh, there's a lot of things to play around with that. And I actually think I would like it. Um, the obvious thing is if it was, they likely would have revealed it at the end of the episode, but it'd be a real interesting way to start the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be, it would feel a little out of nowhere for me. Uh, but I don't know. Um, one, one last thing on the episode before we move on to something that's just happened, Kevin. Oh, my God. Just I'll, happened. Yeah. I'll talk to you about that in a oh second God. here. I know. Um, this is from Torby. Torby had a lot to say about the episode. Really enjoyed the episode. Um, Sylvie is great. All of her and Loki's interactions are interesting. As we spend a bit of time learning more of their psyche, as we likely begin our journey to the next wave of bonkers shenanigans, especially with this Loki, we're still parsing out who he actually is uh, again while he has the info of the main MCU counterpart. Um, the TVA reveal is dark and great, and I have my many theories as to what's actually going on with them, um, but this is the point to drive home from Torby. I think this episode has fully quelled the Black Widow on Vormir's in Loki talking points. Um, so, you know how we talked about this a little bit, that there was a shot from the trailer, which you did not watch, Correct. that made it seem um, like Loki is on Vormir at one point sitting down with Natasha. Right. Um, all, all of like the the like the the colors of Lamentis and like some of the the shots of Sylvie uh, from behind and like you can see the back of her hair and everything like that. I mean, the question about the hairstyle though, right? Like the blonde that we're seeing is that really Sylvie's? Because Black Widow's hair was longer. I mean, we would probably have to call in a, a proper Black Widow hair consultant, so maybe uh, Robin can weigh in on that at yeah, some point. Call on but- Robin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do that do that she can weigh in uh i think we could say black widow off the table in loki until like two episodes from now. am i right <laughs> <laughs> still too soon uh still too soon uh by the way we did get the question from tessa today uh are you guys planning on covering black widow and everything so obviously yes yeah i, uh, I think we're gonna cover it um it, we'll, we'll figure out how to yes, do it we'll exactly. figure out how to do it it's definitely gonna happen we're gonna make it happen uh the exact how uh we will we will uh we're hammering out but like it is a million percent on the radar so uh you can anticipate some black widow coverage from the two of us for everything sure everything is widowy uh yeah everything's widow super <laughs> it's a widow super just a widow yeah, super everything, everything's just a widow great i hope mike bloom isn't listening he hates an adult baby voice um speaking of the movies Kevin, mm. uh, this is the thing that just happened. Uh, Shang-Chi trailer. Oh, I heard. I saw that it was going to drop tonight. Yes. New Shang-Chi trailer has dropped. Uh, this has basically nothing to do with Loki. <laughs> um, but it is a Marvel thing. And we are talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe on this podcast more often than not. And there is one thing that has happened in the Shang-Chi trailer uh, that I feel like uh, I got to talk about on the podcast. I know you don't love to watch a trailer. Uh-huh. I know you don't love to watch a trailer, Kevin. But you want so me to watch I this am, trailer. 
Well, I don't know about watching. You don't have to watch the trailer, but I have to say something that happens in the trailer. Okay. They re- something has been revealed. All right. It's it's fair. I mean, this is what this podcast is for. I used to work in journalism. I know how it works. We have to know stuff well, the sometimes. O- the other piece, too, Kevin, is like for you, it's all about like the delight of a surprise and the delight of a moment, right? Like you want to encounter, you want to have like that joy. Right. I feel like it's possible that you will have that as this uh, is conveyed to you in podcast form i mean i think i think think depending on what this is i'm either going to be enjoyed or just like ah if you don't if you don't watch trailers and if you aren't looking into the shang chi trailer you don't want to see it like you want to uh you know go in cold i would say like skip the next little bit of the podcast maybe like a minute or so um but otherwise i'm gonna i'm gonna say a thing that is revealed in the trailer um you know how much I love Emil Blonsky. Oh my god. I want that. I need that. <laughs> oh my that. god. There is a scene in the trailer in which Abomination is back and he's just beating somebody up in a cage match. That's wild. Abomination <laughs> apparently is in this movie. That's crazy. I feel like didn't we did is that something we had heard at one point? I think we knew that Abomination was being uh, set up uh, for She-Hulk. Yes, that's what it was. The TV show. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But I don't think that anyone had this on the bingo card. But, like, he's in the trailer. You see him. And subtitles for the trailer, which I'm thankful uh, Torby has sent this to me as we are doing this podcast. Uh, The subtitles on the trailer just say, Abomination roars. Uh, so yeah, Abomination back in the MCU. Let's get him in Loki. So what's gonna happen here, though? He's a variant, obviously. Yeah, it, it, that's interesting that it, that <laughs> Abomination and Shang Chi. Part of me was just was thinking like, the, like Black Widow would have been an interesting place to have since we were just talking about that Abomination, right? Because there's like a connection to Hulk to to Black Widow. Although I guess they're just like you know washing that away at this point, but. Shang-Chi is interesting. I wonder if Shang-Chi is going to cage fight Abomination. That's actually kind of cool. That's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like somebody who has access to um, uh, MCU sorcery because he's fighting somebody who appears to have a sling ring. Uh, I'm just like watching the gif over and over again of Abomination <laughs> just punching somebody with a sling ring. Uh, unfortunately, Abomination not using the sling ring, but that would be incredible. That would be uh, incredible, huh? <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, so yeah, that's what happened. Uh, I'm pretty hyped about that. I think the internet thinks it's Wong. I mean, I was trying to think of like, is it just, uh, you know, a random uh, uh, monk or is it... Uh, I haven't been able to watch the trailer yet. I'm just watching uh, GIFs as this is happening. Uh, so, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm just watching it over and over Green again. Green it's alone! And it's making me really happy. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty hyped about it. The trailer looks pretty cool just by, like, the images that I'm seeing right now. Like, the, the way that the rings themselves are working looks pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I'm excited that the movies are, are back. Uh, 
talking like very quickly about about Black Widow. Those those reviews came in. People seem to like it. We talked about that a bit. Um, I'm I'm excited to see it. We're definitely definitely going to be uh, trotting that out. I think we had said for the MCU TV shows that like we'll give our scores for them like a year onward uh, to like just like give it that time for like our official everything is super scores. I would extend that to new movie releases as well. Personally, I think that's fair. I think we need to sit with it and we need to look at it in a broader context too. You know, like that's something I feel like we'd have to really delve into. Um, although somewhere, uh, somewhere online right now, someone is saying that the rankings are arbitrary and reductive. So I've heard that. I've heard that before for sure. Um, Kevin, is there anything else from Loki this week that you wanted to get into? Uh, I think that covers everything. I mean, uh, I, I like the design. I don't think we mentioned this last week, but, uh, I definitely noticeable this week that, uh, Sylvie's, uh, one of Sylvie's horns are broken off. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and that still be used. Yeah, we know why she like punches people with yeah, her horns. Yeah, and that she uses as a weapon, so that was very fun. Yeah, yeah, pretty clear why that. Yeah. why that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I I want to see more. I'm 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 enjoying the show a lot. Um, I'm really curious to see where they go with it. I I really loved the character work for Loki this week. Um, I think a lot of the dialogue this week was great. I loved Hiddleston's performance. Uh, I really loved that scene on the train. I loved his, uh, when she asks him, uh, princesses or perhaps a prince and just like the beat he takes when he says, uh, a little bit of both as I suspect it was with you. Um, like I just, I, I loved the, like sort of the, the intimate way that scene was played of like this moment of just like, uh, I don't know, like having a conversation with yourself and like looking at yourself, I thought was, was, was really, really great. Um, so there's just, there was a lot of great stuff. And also just, I can't say enough about, um, the, the, the Asgardian drinking song I thought was really, really wonderful and like hit a couple of, of notes. It was like funny and then sad and yes. sometimes like a little chilling. Uh, it was great. The, there, there was a, this was an episode that I, I like, I liked and didn't love, uh, the first time I watched it. And then I watched it a second time. I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so it rose in estimation for me, uh, for sure. That's a fair assessment. I mean, again, like, I, I, it's probably my least favorite of the three, but doesn't mean anything because I've been really enjoying the series so far. Yeah. I think last week, number one for me, I would put this uh, above the premiere ever so slightly mm. uh, for my, my personal tastes. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's, uh, that's going to wrap it. Next week, we'll do episode four. We're halfway through. I know. Already. That's, that's crazy. They always go so fast, don't they? I always feel like they'd go fast. And especially, I think, you know, the, the six episode seasons is very like British style TV. So it's not unprecedented. I've watched a few of those, but it is one of those things where you're just like, oh my God, we're almost there. It's quick. It's quick. Uh, we'll be back next week. We want your feedback. Super at postshowrecaps.com or you can email us individually. Josh at postshowrecaps.com. Kevin at postshowrecaps.com. Kevin is on the Twitter bots at Kev Mahadeo. I am at Round Howard. You can also talk to us in the Post Show Recaps patron discord if you wish. Patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. You can sign up at that discord level. You can also sign up at the podcast level. Get exclusive podcasts in your patron feed you get certain episodes of post show recaps uh sent your way early uh and it's a wonderful time and we hope that you will come along for the ride with us with all of that stuff kevin anything else um no (laughs) i don't think i got anything this week uh else i mean yeah no um that's it for me i got nothing to plug (laughs) 
All right. Well, nothing to plug. I'm sure I got one or two things I could plug, but we'll just send you all along on your way. Instead, we'll be back with Loki next week. How do they get out of the end of the world? <laughs> this is what I want to know. Uh, hype to find out. We'll do it you next put week. The until the end of the world everybody... in a... <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> All right, that's the podcast. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.